This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I am Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Ricky Whitmer. Hey, guys. And Dave Oster. How's it going? And today we're talking Chad.0 reaction, or Chad Ford Mock Draft 5.0 reaction. We have Jimmy Butler being traded to the Celtics. Will he be traded? Should he be traded? And we're talking Los Angeles Lakers drama, D'Angelo Russell versus Swaggy P. Who's in the wrong and how will this affect both of their their future? But, uh, you know, we, we were, we were going to do the podcast. We were gonna we were gonna get it ready going at 1 p.m. But we waited. We were taking around, and then I'm glad we waited because because Chad Ford dropped his mock draft just 5.0. Chad Ford dropped <laughs> just his right into 0. our laps. And it, it, you know we were we were looking for a draft topic. We were like, all right, what can we do? What can we do? Mm-hmm. And we were really struggling. We had no idea what it was gonna do because I think we have an idea for next week. But well, it's more it's because of the final four games. I mean, every other tournament game, it's like okay. We've at least had one round to talk about. Yeah. And it's like now it's like Final Fours on Saturday, National Championship on Monday. So it's really, we can't really talk about it. Yeah, I don't, don't want to praise Buddy Heald when he's going to go lay no, a big I, on uh, Saturday. I'll, you know? I'll <laughs> praise Buddy Heald before he lays it big on Saturday. When he goes <laughs> 0 for 12 from three-point land and gets I don't think that's going to happen. Demolished. He's not Jamal Murray. And then he honest. flips off the crowd, <laughs> drinks a beer on the fucking court. And you know what? He's going to run into the crowd and punches a fan. Yeah, he pulls around our us. Malice so, of the Palace Part Two. Palace. So in gl- Houston. So I'm glad we waited. Yeah. Um, anyway, if we would have missed that, I, you would never forgiven us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not been a lot of changes in Chad Ford. Uh, 5.0 Early on, there hasn't been a lot of changes, but as you go deeper, there are. There, yeah, but it, he, which is interesting because other people do have some changes at the top of mm-hmm. their draft board, notably SI. Mm-hmm. And there's been yeah. some people who actually haven't had changes at the top of their mock draft, like me. And some people are actually changing their mock draft to make Brandon Ingram the number one pick. Guess who's been having that as their number one pick since January, motherfuckers? It's I been mean, me. I, I don't know. Some some smart guy would assume would know Brandon God. Ingram's a better mm-hmm. prospect. I bet he's but he's really sexy looking too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Ben Simmons is still going number one in Chad Ford mock draft, and I see why. I mean, I, I just I, I think Ben Simmons has the higher ceiling. I think Ben Simmons will be the better prospect, but it's more. He fits better with the Sixers, and it's just I don't see you know with the Sixers having Saric overseas, and they have you know Jaleel or Ja down low. I don't see Ben Simmons fitting in there, and also the 76ers have Nerlens Noel, Joel Embiid, all these guys that really it's hard to see. Where if you draft Brandon Ingram, you're going to get a guy who's basically very similar to Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and he's he has a position. He doesn't have any any you know competition there. But I, I see if you're taking best player available, you'll take Ben Simmons. Yeah. I mean, Ben Simmons, we, we talked about that Sixers lack of a true point guard. You know, they have McConnell out there. But let's be honest, Ben Simmons could come in and play that point forward role. But I, I'm reading right now Chad Ford, like his little description of Ben Simmons. He kind of contradicts himself because he says that, oh, well, Brandon Ingram would be the better fit. And there are concerns on a team without an alpha that Simmons' laid-back demeanor might not be the fire that the franchise needs. That's I true. look at that and go, then why fucking have him go to the Sixers? <laughs> because he's such a, <laughs> such a good prospect. Like you just said, oh, well, we're going to take Ben Simmons. But this guy would be better, and, you know, Ben Simmons might not fit that alpha role we need. Well, it's he's like, not. He the, doesn't have that fire. Then why not take Brandon Ingram? I know we've talked about that before, but that's just one thing looking at this. I'm like, then... Chad, why didn't you have him go with Brandon? I don't think he has the fire like a Kobe or LeBron, like. But I think that's his personality. He's more laid back. He's he not. So I don't really know if he, that means he can't control a team. I think he can be a leader, and he was a leader this year for LSU. Didn't take him too far, but he was a leader for that LSU team. So I don't know if he's he's going to be you know th- that boisterous leader. He might be kind of like a Tim Duncan, where Tim Duncan's the leader of the Spurs, but he's a quiet guy. No, he's but not, I'm, he's not like a guy who's out there consistently boistering. I know what you're saying. Well, but I see this, and when he says alpha, I'm looking at that like Last that shot. Kobe. Yeah. That Jim, I would even put Jimmy Butler in there. It's like the guy where it's like, game is on the line. Who do I want taking the final shot? Oh, that's right. It's this guy. And I mean, if you really need that on your team, and you're saying... Hey, you know, this other guy, Brandon Ingram, fits your team better. Then why not go with that guy? Well, let's yeah. be honest. The Sixers have a while before they're worried about, you know, making that last shot to win a game. They and gotta also, just win games in general. Mm-hmm. And this will do a whole lot more for their team. It gives them a whole lot more balance as far as that team goes, both offensively and defensively. Ben Simmons helps out more as far as defense, and he gets the ball moving. 
Brendan Ingram will knock down shots, period. That's what he's fantastic at. Like you said, it's the Kevin Durant comparison. But what you need with Ben Simmons is people around him, and they've got bigs down low. So now, you know, once they pick him up, if they get a, another guard, they'll be in really good shape. But a thing with Ben Simmons also taking less shot, he doesn't have a 15-foot jumper or beyond. He so, hasn't developed that yet. Yeah, I don't think he even has the sh- ability mm-hmm. to take the shot, whether his personality developed yeah. that. Uh, then he has uh, Lakers going with Brandon Ingram. I mean, that's just... I, I, it's They're one and two. There's no debate there. They're going to be flipped it, when it's all said and done because Lakers are probably going to get the number one. Sixers will get the number two. Well, I think it's two extremes. The Lakers are going to get a pick or they're just, you know, it's going to be the 7 6 Sixers Oh, no, pick. the Lakers they're, are— They're either going to be top three or they're not going to be Ricky's top three. draft lottery conspiracy. Lakers are getting the—oh, Kobe left? Here's Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. I, I, I see—oh, well, I don't know about here's Ben Simmons because, I mean, Brandon Ings are pretty good— Pretty good constellation. Yeah, here. but I think the Lakers would take Ben Simmons, and then boom, the Sixers get the guy who's a better fit. Main point is these two are going one two, no yep. matter what, because you know it, I, I see it's mm-hmm. kind of it's 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 a pretty big drop off because mm-hmm. you can have a guy like a Buddy Heald who is already ready for the NBA, but you know he he's mm-hmm. not going to grow, he's not going to develop with your team, or you have a guy with Jamal Murray who has a lot to grow but has shown great flashes. I wouldn't say that Buddy he like just because he's a senior, he's oh not going to come out and just not. Grow. I'm not saying he's not going to grow, but you know, there's a there's a difference between a, a 22 year old developing and a 19 year old developing. Yeah, there's that. A 19 year old still physically developing. Yeah, so the, ni- the 19 year old, you're gonna. But with the 19 year old, you're gonna say, okay, well, if he has a couple rough seasons here, he's still developing. Whereas the older person, they're still going to develop, but they're gonna be boom. I can put them in at the starting role and feel confident with it. Because they well, that's can, the hope. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's the thing, you know, Buddy Heald can step in. If he was Buddy Heald was on a playoff team, and yeah, I mean, Buddy Heald can step in and contribute to a team right away. Jamal Murray will be on the bench, you know, still developing, but Jamal Murray might be leading a team to a playoff team where Buddy Heald's more of the, you know, helper. And I don't think, because I don't think Buddy Heald's going to be... I, I, I don't think, think Buddy Heald could be you think he's a guy worthy. I don't think he's going to be a superstar worthy. I don't think he's going to be an all-star. I don't think he's going to be have you, have you seen his tournament play? Have you seen him? Are we basing it all in tournament? No, but I mean, you look at the guy who... Andrew this Wiggins, is his, tournament. This is, and have you seen a- Andrew Wiggins when he's been on Andrew the Andrew Wiggins was terrible with the, in the tournament. That's what I'm See, bringing with, up. With me, I'm looking more at it as Steph Curry. And I mean, not I everyone's know, Steph Curry. But when you but look he at Buddy Heald, and, so and you look Curry, at Steph so Curry... Same thing. Could have the same thing, but like Dave has I mentioned, I see him, JJ Redick. But like Dave has mentioned before, one of the big reasons why Steph Curry has been Steph Curry, he's had the right coach. Maybe Buddy yeah. Heel just needs that right coach. I am, but totally you could say that about any player. That are like, well, yeah, you can say that about any player, but Buddy Heel. I mean, he, we're, he's might not need saying that Jimmer, right you know, with the right coach would be Steph Curry. That that's extremes. But mm-hmm. what we're saying is, Buddy Heald Senior is more physically developed. He's closer to his perceived cap than Jamal is, who is 19 mm-hmm. and already putting up phenomenal numbers. Comparable Let, to Buddy Heald's senior year. Let's save it for next week, boys. All right. For let's next sa- week? Let's save it for right, next is, week. Is we're that talk- we're deciding? Well, I think, I think next week it's going to be Buddy Heald only. Well, I will say the, the Buddy Heald show. The one thing <laughs> I do like about Jamal Murray when just him as a prospect is he can also play the point. So if you need a guy who, you know what, you're going to play the two, but hey— we may need you to come off the bench and Bit play a combo guard. some point guard. Yeah, he can play the point as well. Buddy Heal would be a guy I would just, you know what, stick at the, stick him at the two. You're a shooter, and just shoot for me. Well, just going in, Chad Ford did not change anything with the four pick. He still mm-hmm. has Boston going with Jamal Murray. And you talked about earlier, you know, if Buddy Heal goes to the right team with the right coach, then he will, you know, be better than Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's going to a team with Brad Stevens as their head coach, who is arguably a top three. Yeah. Head coach in the league. I mean, you look at last night against the Warriors. He outcoached Steve Kerr, and he's just he's been developing these young players, and he's shown that he's been a fantastic hire out of Butler. And I think that he, I mean, he's young too, so he can still develop. And I think he's you know getting up there in you know one of the best coaches in the league. And I think if you pair Jamal Murray with that, and you you pair him with Isaiah Thomas and that you know flux of down low big men, then I think Jamal Murray can really really improve and really shine. And I think Boston's kind of getting a steal there at four. Now, the question I really want to ask, though, is, Ricky, at four, would you take Buddy Heald? Yeah, I would. And the reason why is, now, let's be honest. I will be totally honest, where if you take Murray or Heald, it's kind of apples to oranges there. Both shooting guards who can shoot the ball. One's older than the other. Different players. Jamal Murray can also play the point 
a little bit better, I would say, than a Buddy Heald. A lot Heald. of it better. Here's yeah. the thing, though. When you say the, oh, Brad Stevens argument, we're all oh, Brad Stevens and young talent, I would also consider Buddy Heald young talent. So no matter who they take, he's going to be able to work with them. Here's the big thing for me with the Celtics. Comes down to two things. Number one, they're a team where they're not in rebuilding mode. They are in a we want to playoff push mode and we want to be good in the Eastern Conference for years to come. You're I would take a guy like Buddy Heald, who you're saying, oh, well, doesn't need as much time to develop, can come in and boom, play as well. Do you really want to pl- take a Jamal Murray who may have to take a couple years, two to three years, to develop while this team is trying to compete for an Eastern Conference, maybe even a championship? Here's the other thing. Look at how many point guards Celtics already have. Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, and Rosier. Because of that, I'd rather add a guy who can just specifically go, boom, shooting guard with Avery Bradley and Evan Turner. Rozier isn't, I don't think he's going to be getting minutes at all, so I don't really know. That's, yeah. a, that's a lot. Okay, there. Isaiah and Marcus, and Marcus Smart. Marcus, Unless they trade him. Marcus Smart Marcus trade, Marcus Smart is your bench. man. Yeah, he's, he's your sixth man. He's your def- defense off the bench because I mean, he really can't shoot at all. So, I mean, if you if you have Marcus Smart playing and you have Jamal Murray playing, mm-hmm. then that c- goes up with the lack of offense that, you know, uh, Marcus Smart brings because Marcus Smart has basically been a defensive player so far. Yeah, Jamal he can Murray slash can, in the lane, but that's about it. Jamal here, Murray can be your your offense here, when you when you play the second second you know second rotation. We could also do the same thing with Buddy Hill because the main thing is Evan Turner contract up at the end of the year. Do the Celtics keep it, or do they say, hey, you know what, Evan, it's been great. We're going to let you go so we can take a younger kind of player here at the two. You can say the same for Buddy Heal because what's been your biggest criticism of Buddy Heal? His defense. So you can have, you know, Bradley and Isaiah be the one rotation and then smart for his defense and heal with that offensive power that we've seen so far, especially in the tournament in your two rotation. But Murray can play defense. Murray is athletic enough to play defense. And he, he's, he's, a, he's shown that he's, you know, a great combo guard. He can play, you know, the point. He's and more all around player. He's an all around player. That's thank you, Dave. For yeah, I'm stumbling over my words. He's more of an all around player, and he's what three years younger. I'm bad with math. He's three yep. years younger, and he has you know the ability to grow. And you know that team's young too. They're they're competing for an Eastern Conference championship. Mm-hmm. But I feel if you take Murray, then you just you know, you widen that window there because then if Isaiah Thomas leaves, then Jamal Murray can be your starting point guard. You can keep Avery Bradley around if he's still around, or Marcus Smart, who's you know Murray and Smart have been playing together. Then you have that, you know, see, you have that chemistry there going for basically, you know, see, I'm as long the, as you keep those two. I'm on the other side of it. If you're sitting there as the Celtics saying, you know what, I'm fine conceding to Toronto and Cleveland and maybe Miami for the next couple you, of years. You, you honestly boom. think Buddy Heald makes that team that much better? Because it makes saying, them, you're saying that you're wait, saying wait, this wait, team wait, makes wait, them as good wait, as Cleveland wait. picking Buddy Heald. I'm saying Buddy Heald makes them better more immediately than taking Jamal Murray. But with I, Jamal Murray, it's fine. Like, okay, we're fine being the 6th, 7th, and 8th seed. Well, Jamal Murray kind of develops and get gets acclimated to the NBA game. I think you take Buddy Heal, and you could say, boom, we could be a top 4 team, maybe even a top 3 team in the you East. You think they improve them I that much? I don't think there's that much of a difference between Buddy Heal and... No, no, there's no way Murray and Buddy Heald have that wide of a gap in instant readiness to the NBA. No, I think Buddy Heald is a fantastic shooter. I think Murray is a pretty good shooter. I don't think there's going to be that much of a learning curve for him. I think that just means that he has a higher potential cap. His top end is much higher than Buddy Heald's because we've seen this explosion from Buddy Mm Heald through his college career, jumping up from a... Under below average shooter his freshman year, just pure volume to where he is now, and I think that's well, great. not just that he was in his sophomore freshman year, he was shooting the ball from like the complete right side of his head. Now he's kind of developed it and shot the ball with the right. So, technique. do we want to give a medal for shooting wrong for the first 15 years <laughs> no, of his I'm, life, or what? No, I'm I mean, just saying we've seen that development, that's why a buddy healed. 
so, stayed in school so and you, why he is a senior. So you haven't seen development at all from Jamal Murray, So which is basically this is saying what that seen, he's going to yeah. get better. So you're getting the base of Jamal Murray, who's averaging 20 points per game and shooting 40%, I'm saying it's 40% from three take a couple of years. It's going to take a couple it's, of years, well, though, yeah, for him saying, to impact the team. Like you're saying he will, and he but, probably will, where Buddy Heald, he's right there right now. Boom. Here's the you prop- can compete in the playoffs with him coming off the bench. Because let's be honest, Buddy Heald's not going to come in. Jamal Murray's not going to come in and start for this team. Well, you're, But you're saying that drafting Buddy Heald makes him a top three three pick. Yeah, it he adds that so offense. Jamal Murray, he's not going to be starting. Not adds be on him, the bench. It adds offense off the bench, which is so that's, it's important in this that's league. That's the only thing the Celtics are lacking is offense off the bench. Well, unless you want him to take a big man at the fucking four pick. Well, I'm just saying, like, you're saying that just drafting Buddy Heald to be offense off the bench is going to make them a top three play, play, team in the, the Eastern I'm Conference. I'm saying it could make them a contender. It could make them They're a contender. They're already a contender. In the Let's just, let's just get this right. They're already contender. Okay, a better contender. Like right now, they're sitting at the six. The difference, and yeah, again, they're a not. They're a half game. Like three through six are all so close. But if you want that offense to me right now to say, hey, we need to compete with the Raptors and the Cavaliers potentially, you go with Buddy Heal. With me, Jamal Murray. If you're fine waiting a couple years, then fine. Draft Murray. Clearly, you're both wrong. RG Hunter is going to come out of nowhere and just crap on them. Obviously, one way or the other. Obviously, you're wrong because it's RJ Hunter, not RG Hunter. I said J. You said G. <laughs> Anyways, Buddy Heald at six to New Orleans. Just go quickly because you, you, you've been ranting about mm-hmm. Buddy Heald. Why? Why will? Because that's where Chad Ford has him. Just we'll just take that as that's going to be the NBA draft. Why is Heald going to make the Pelicans better? Is he going to make the Pelicans better? He's going to make the Pelicans a top three team in the East. (laughs) The West. No, no, the East. (laughs) You heard me. The Pelicans can either go with one of two things here. Depends on what they do with free agency. It's Eric Gordon or Ryan Anderson. Which one's going to leave? And, you know, Chad Ford mentions Eric Gordon as the free agent this summer, kind of trading a Buddy Heal younger for an Eric Gordon. To me, I think that, you know, even if Murray like Murray on the board would be a nice pick, I think the Pelicans, though, go with a kind of stretch four player to play with Anthony Davis. However, they can go, like I said, either or shooting guard or a power forward. Davis has been be able to stretch the floor, though, but I know, I know what you're trying to or say even, there. And plus, you we want to know if how Anthony Davis can return to injury. Or right, if right. they want Anthony Davis to play the four. Now, get if they let Ryan Anderson walk, it can give them the flexibility of, do we want to go with a center? Does a guy like Yaka Pirtle kind mm-hmm. of climb? I know Chad Ford has him at 10. Yaka Pirtle's a guy that I know me and Sean have liked in the past. But it really, for the Pelicans, they have some kind of flexibility. They can either go two guard or a shooter, just a pure shooter, or they can go with anybody down low. Well, let's let's get away from Heald now. Looking at just this whole mock draft, Mm-hmm. What pick just stands out to you and screams, that's a great pick, that's the pick that this team needs, or that you just think this player is way far down and his value is like super underrated, that I, a team that, that's kind of like you know a sleeper or a steal there? Do I need to say it? Tyler Eulis to the Bulls. Thank you. What? Chad I, Ford, I thought the Bulls you. needed three more power forwards. <laughs> At least three power forwards. Fuck SI, fuck well, NBA draft you, net. Ugh. You've consistently said that you like, you like Denzel, and Denzel goes after... Uh, the Bulls pick there. I do Utah. like. So, I do like. Well, question. This kind of leads into the next topic we're going to have on the podcast. Do I have Jimmy Butler or not? Yes, you have this. You have then Ulysses. So team if as I is have, today. If I have team Jim, today, if I yeah. have Jimmy Butler, fuck you, Derek Rose. I'm going with Tyler Ulysses. If I don't have Butler, I'm going with Denzel and having Rose Denzel. But it's not like Tyler Ulysses well, is going to step in day one. No, no, he, no he's no, going no. to be an off the bench player. But again, for the Bulls, that six man point guard. Year after year has succeeded, and we've seen them play extremely well because they do get a little bit more time than most teams' point guards off the bench. But also, I mean, look at look at you know the the history of the Bulls' point guards who are backups. I mean, Nate Robinson, Aaron Brooks, small point guards, and they've all been effective. So extremely, I think, yeah. I think it. Re- I think Ulysses is kind of a perfect fit. And look at too. Isaiah Thomas. If you even keep, yeah. And, well, and Isaiah keep, Thomas is obviously you know what we hope Ulysses could be, mm-hmm. but. And, and, no. Yeah, I mean he's five nine. It's, it's it's tough to say that you know a guy five nine can really make a different difference. But 
looking at his game, there hasn't been really. He was the best player on that Kentucky team this yeah. year. He carried. And that's saying where Jamal Murray, who I was basically mm-hmm. going to you know jump over the table and fight Ricky over. Uh, buddy Jamal, Jamal Murray. the thing about, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about Jamal, <laughs> is he had a great season. Like, you keep bringing up whenever you talk about Jamal, his season stats. Had a great season. The thing that with Jamal that's his red flag is his two tournament games, he kind of disappeared from three, especially that game against Indiana, which was a bigger opponent than Stony Brook. Again, though, that's two games. Yeah, I know. But games. I'm just saying, what do you remember? Mm-hmm. Usually when you have something, anything— the beginning and the end in those last two games, it's like, whoa, what, what happened here? Fair enough. Uh, Dave, who's your uh, who's your steal or wh- what pick do you really like just for a, a team and their their needs? Or what team is – what guy just fell? I mean, let's be honest. You know me. You know where we, where we went. <laughs> I know what's coming. Games, I know so what's coming. It's definitely Sabonis. I, I think he is a fantastic talent down low, absolutely physical. Like, I've never seen in person uh, – like college basketball tournament play mm-hmm. and watching him play down low and was an murdered. absolute joy. And yeah, he and get guys were all over him. Didn't matter. He still walked away with like how many boards was that? Uh 19, 16, mm-hmm. 16. 19 yeah. and 16. Yeah. 19 and 16, something like that. I mean, absolutely ridiculous player in the post. And he brings a grittiness and a toughness to that level that the Nuggets really need. I think the steal for me is probably 16 for Utah. I think Denzel going 16 can be a huge steal because he's smart. He's, I mean, he's kind of, he's, I think he's the better senior than Buddy Heald, to be honest with you. He can do more than Buddy Heald. He can do more than Buddy. He's, 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 he's more diverse. He can mm-hmm. basically do anything. He, he's a better passer than Buddy. He's not a better shooter than Buddy. He's not a better scorer, but he, he can play defense. I just think that Denzel has an unlimited role. But when you look at Buddy, Buddy's limited to a shooter and a scorer where it's really hard to see him do anything else and step out of that comfort zone. Trust me, he's really good at that one. He's but, but great let's be honest, at that one great thing. At this point in the NBA, at the two-guard position, there's not a ton of great scores, And that's something that is highly valued in the NBA. You need a guy who you can just put in and get points because there's a lot of these tweeners, you know, okay, maybe he can be, you know, a point guard, shooting guard, or even a small forward in Denzel's case. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He doesn't excel at one thing across the board. He's okay at a lot of things. Or uh, he's good at a lot of things. I don't want to say okay. That's undermining him. Mm-hmm. But he's good at a lot of things, but he's not great. So he brings you a quality player, but at the same time, it's not going to be a guy who's going to change the franchise. He's not a guy you can build around. He's a great filler no, but a team with Utah, though, I don't think you need a great player because you have Gordon Hayward, you have Rudy, Go- uh, Rudy Gobert, you have Rodney Hood, who's still developing, you have Derek Favors, who's really came out to the scene, really, you don't think. Yeah. Derek Favors, I mean, he was a, a top pick, but he really never he did, didn't live made up. that jump. I think that this team can really you know, take a jump, and I think Denzel can be fantastic off the bench for them. And I think that's kind of that, that big steal for me looking at this, that a team that's going to pick you know Denzel Valentine that, Valentine that low that's going to make them that much better because I think I think he can really just shine. So here's in, the question: Is why is he going so low? If you that that's my thing is okay. Is it because he's a senior? Is it because they see more cracks in his game? That poor performance in the uh, tournament this mm-hmm. year. I think it's what age. is it that drop age? I yeah. I don't think it's age. And I think I it's mean, age and his size. I think no. I think you're bringing up the tweener because no. you're not really sure where he would play. But I, I I don't think it's really his ability to play on the court. In this mock draft, and mm-hmm. I'm looking just at, like, I'm saying if this mock draft was the actual draft, yeah. the reason why I think Denzel is so low is, look at 13. And you have the Suns going with uh, Furkan, that 18-year-old out of Turkey. And one of the big reasons why I feel like Chad Ford had this done is in that last paragraph where he talks about how the Suns can afford to keep him in Turkey for a year until they figure out, like, what are they going to do? Because they've got Knight, Bledsoe, and Booker just yeah. finding space. So and the Suns they, are uh, pretty awful at keeping yeah. good talent. Yeah. They, they kind of throw it away too and early. And if they needed, like, if they didn't have that need to figure out, like, where are we going to put them, Valentine can go there. I think I know it's only one pick, but I don't know why he has Scale LeBissier instead of Denzel Valentine, unless you really think that Gary Harris is your shooting guard in Denver. I think it's also that, you know, scale, it's all potential with scale, and mm-hmm. it's a, it's a boom-bust. And, you know, looking at the Nuggets pick, you have Jalen Brown at eight, where that fills a small forward role, and he could possibly mm-hmm. be a superstar if he develops. 
Then you look at 15 where they have Kenneth Murray to power forward, but they might look to trade Kenneth because he was always in that trade talk with Blake Griffin. So maybe they're trying to move Kenneth. And Kenneth is very See, limited. I think he can Kenneth, keep Kenneth. But Kenneth is very limited, limited, where Scale, I mean, he's shown that he can stretch the floor, and maybe they want that. And then you also look that they have another pick in Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Which is a direct replacement to Fareed. Yeah, he's direct re- replacement to Fareed. And maybe that, you know, you look at that if if Scale falls off and mm-hmm. you have Sabonis as, as a cover. I don't and know. The they one... have Moutier and Moutier and Moutier Brown you don't have to close. touch. Where the one thing that... Well, here... The thing that stands out for me for Scal is look at the guys below him. Out of all the guys below him, who has the same top end potential as Scal? No one. He he is by far the highest top end if he booms. But he's only potential. Right. And he's that's nothing thing. else. So because of their volume of picks, they have that ability to go, all right, you know what? We can go get Scal at 15 mm-hmm. because we can get Sabonis at 17. And he'll fill in regardless. If Scale can't play, Sabonis, we just drop him right in and we get that instant impact. Yeah. He's I a day-in, day-out player. Here, here's what I'm thinking with the Nuggets is if it was me, I would go Ven, uh, Denzel Valentine at 15, Sabonis at 17. That's if the Jazz don't take Sabonis at 16. Then you have the players that would be your starting five. And to me, six and seven off the bench, Moutier Harris and put Denzel at the three, Fareed and um, Jokic and they Yusef. They Brown eight. So Jalen Brown. You have Jalen Brown too. So you can have Denzel be the shooter with Brown. And hey, we talked about last week. I mentioned how Brown may be an overrated prospect. If Brown doesn't develop, it's like, oh, well, you need a lot to work on. Boom. Valentine is there. Then having Sabonis come off the bench for Fareed. That could be huge because let's be honest. I look at the big player I look at is Danilo Gallinari, and I go, "No, you're not going to like. You're not the future of this team. He's not the future, but I think he could be very valuable. I think I he'd would, be a great I would take a, off the bench. I would take either a maybe not a Brown, but I would take a Denzel over Danilo Gallinari. I was going to ask you guys stretches in this draft or in this mock draft, but I think we all agree it's it's scale. Yeah, yeah, it it is. scale well, at fifteen. The thing with, and I know this is kind of harping. He's a player where it's like you can have the debate: should he stay in school? Because I mean, the big thing with scale does he have the top end potential? Like Dave said, yes. Mm-hmm. But and it's like Chad Ford exactly says in his analysis: his performance sucked. Lacks toughness and he seems lost. Huge red flags for me. Any final prospects that you want to mention, or any final picks that you want to mention to to get this out there, or, or, or a guy that you just want to talk about, really? Two for me, and they're back to back. Twenty twenty nine. Seventy sixers picking up Grayson Allen. I love it because I think Grayson Allen is a, an amazing spot up shooter, and he can run an offense decently well. This Sixers team, I, I have that fear of you know it's going to be. He could come in and get immediate playing time because they're a shit team. But at the same time, it's not really going to be showing like who he is or his top level because he's surrounded by such questionable talent. I mean, I know they've been filling out this team more and more. Mm-hmm. And they could have you know, a top pick in this class plus him plus another. I mean, they have three picks in this first round, potentially. So there's a lot of question marks there. But I think he could develop into a really good player down the road. And then right behind him, the Spurs with Ben Till. I think that's a smart pick. It's a Spurs pick. Like, it, it's a guy who doesn't hasn't done anything to make him like stand out, make mm-hmm. him a top pick. But at the same time, you see where he could fit really well into that Spurs organization, and they could develop him to be a great key player for their team. Well, and I'm going to go off and say I'm going to take that and say what Brandon had said on the Primetime Podcast where Bento was one of the guys Brandon said should stay in school. Mm-hmm. This is one— he shouldn't stay in school if he gets with the Spurs. Yeah, basically, that's one of those being on the bench, yeah, like well. being on the bench in the Spurs, is basically like staying in school and developing. They don't get but around than way pop. better yeah. players yeah, around like and pop. You so, know, Lamarcus yeah, Aldridge, you get company and such. of Aldridge, you mm-hmm. know, Tim Duncan, all these guys who know exactly what they're doing. But is Duncan going to be there next year? He could Duncan retire. will play for forty four more years. <laughs> He'll be an assistant coach at worst. Yeah, um, I want to mention one though, yeah, and this is also a Clipper pick at twenty five. DeAndre Bembry. And the reason why is dude had a nice tournament for St. Joe's. Is he a guy we can see climb? Because we didn't we haven't talked about him lately in mock drafts. Boom. Now he's here at twenty five. Could he be a guy where it's like his tournament performance alone helped him nope. get into the first round? No, I I don't maybe maybe that. Maybe he sneaks in late. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't think he's going to jump at all. No, because, I'm not saying because, like jump to the top 10, but like right now he's at 25. Does he float up to maybe like 22, 23 when I don't we think get so. closer? I see the thing with I with Ben Bray, it's kind of like he's Jalen Brown but mm-hmm. older. He he really can't shoot. He has a limited he's, game. He's That's gr- the problem. Yeah, he's great driving, but he really can't do anything else. So he's basically budget JJ or not budget. I was going to bring up something else. Yeah, I <laughs> wouldn't say j- budget JJ Reddick because he likes a jump shot. He's kind of budget J- Jalen Brown. I think he, he could be decent, especially on the Clippers, where they mm-hmm. kind of have a lack of a small forward, and that might be a good pick for the Clippers. But I, I think it's tough to say that he will rise. I just wonder if the same people that would take Jalen Brown because he's a playmaker mm-hmm. would do the same for Bembry because he's that same playmaker. And, and could be that playmaker in the NBA. We got to wrap this up. So real quick, I'm going to say Grayson Allen. He can. I think he's budget JJ Redick, but I think with that spot in Philadelphia, where you have Ben Simmons being it, well, if you know, it, according to the smart draft, yep. you have Ben Simmons being able to be your point guard. You have Murray, the the guy, from, the guard from Washington, being able to develop as your backup guard, and then Grayson Allen being out on the wing. Where if Ja is down low and needs to pass out, then Grayson Allen's open. Or if Simmons is driving, he can kick and dish. I think that might be a good fit for him. I still don't see him developing. Yeah, and then also, I don't know how much more there is to his game. Also, Bentel, I love that pick too. I think I think really it's hard to say because they used to have Sabonis going to the Spurs, and I was like, that's the best pick ever. <laughs> and now I'm like Bentel going to the Spurs, and I'm like, that's the best pick ever. It's it's. I think it might just because of the Spurs, but Bentel is also fantastic, and he showed that he was fantastic, and he was very similar to not similar to Chris Dunn. That's weird because they're one of them. One of them was a power forward and a guard, but they were very. Uh, they played well together is what I was trying to say. Yeah. They, they were very, they were, they were the one and two threat for Providence. They're really the only threats for Providence this year. And they both show that they can be fantastic players. Now we're going to move over to someone who is already a fantastic player in their own right. Jimmy Butler is the head of trade talks. Chris Mannix of the Vertical Podcast, or said on the Vertical Podcast, I believe he was with the Yahoo Sports, said that there is serious interest for the Bulls trading Jimmy Butler. We are well. You guys are Bulls fans. You guys love the Bulls. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, riding where my fandom's gonna go. But uh-huh. we're gonna sell your fandom one day. We will. We're we gonna will. sell. Um, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Butler? Uh, just from a fan perspective, I, what, what, do, what do you think the Bulls should do from a, just a fan perspective and not from a future perspective? Do you like the idea of Jimmy Butler being traded? No, I hate it. I hate it. I, I, but I. That's because I see Jimmy Butler as the face of this franchise and not Derrick Rose. Unfortunately, what we think doesn't matter because mm-hmm. it's what Gar Pax thinks. And if they decide it's best for the franchise to move on with Derrick Rose still as the key, then that's their choice. And I don't agree with it, but I think they need to decide one way or the other because this one A one one A shit isn't gonna work. Well, and you got to think about this: Why is Jimmy Butler in trade talk rumors? Because who did he come out and, pu- and who he has come out and publicly criticized? The new head coach. Yeah. Usually when you do that, people go, well, you know what? And when I say people, you're I not mean gonna last packs, long. You're not going to last long. Look at Joe Keem. We're not expecting Joe Keem to be around much longer because he's become annoyed with Hoiberg, but that's because of the whole Hoiberg situation with Noah. But also, Noah Noah is expendable because Noah gets hurt consistently, mm-hmm. and Noah isn't yeah. the, isn't the d- defensive player of the year that he was. But so. and the one thing I will say that's good about Noah is that it's Noah's locker room. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to beat on the locker room, if you want to win over the locker room, you win over Joe. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. the The problem though is it's Jimmy Butler has been such a good player for the Bulls, but at the same time, this team has underperformed on an epic scale. Mm-hmm. This is a team that should be in the playoffs, and not as a, not as a. let's see if we can inch out an eight seed. No, no, we should be a three seed at worst. Mm-hmm. This is a team that has four former All-Stars on them? I mean, come on. You have a absolutely low, actually, if you count a healthy Joe, then five. Every, every single player on the team <laughs> had been an All-Star. So... The problem is they can't perform. They're often injured. Mm -hmm. This is no longer a franchise that knows what they're doing. What they need to do is just go clean slate. They're like, okay, we're either going Jimmy or Derek, and then just move forward. Because Derek, the problem is, has no trade value. So Jimmy can get you picks. Jimmy can get you some youth in there. He can help turn that roster over. No one else on that team has that potential right now. I just, I hate it because it's just one of those things where... Jimmy Butler to me is, like I said, that face of the franchise. And I feel like, and it comes from both fans and Gar Packs. I'm going to throw them into it too. 
people are romantic. They are romanticized with Rose, and I get it. Hometown kid, we got you number one when we shouldn't have got the number one pick. You're going to lead us to a title. I'm more on the realistic side right now, and Derrick Rose is never, I'm going to say it right now, Derrick Rose will never win the Bulls a title. We will never win a title with Derrick Rose at the point. All right, now step into the shoes of GM Garpax. Mm-hmm. What are you actually doing? Are you going to make this trade for Jimmy Butler? No, if you are going to make him. it, where would you go and what would you try to get return-wise? I would absolutely trade Jimmy Butler because, he, like I said, he's the only player with value on this team at this point. So you go to the Celtics, the team with the most lottery picks, most picks probably in the first, it's them or the 76ers. And right now, I know the Celtics have tried to make that play for a big play for a big mm-hmm. player. So the question is, well, I and mean, we all assumed it was like, oh, it's probably going to be, you know, a K-Love. big man down yeah. low. But think about this. This is a team. We just talked about this during our draft uh, preview. They could use a shooting guard. They could use a guard who could take over games. And that's Jimmy Butler. So I'm going to go, well, you know, what, what are we looking at? Are we talking two picks in the first round and a bench player? Are we talking three picks in the first round? Trying to find equal value for Jimmy Butler is not going to be easy. You could possibly do two and Avery Bradley because, I mean, Avery Bradley would be, kind of be useless on the Celtics because I think he's a starter in the NBA. And if you, you're going to have Jimmy at the two and then you're exactly. going to have Isaiah at the one. And, you know, Avery Bradley's kind of similar to Jimmy Butler that they're both great defensively and they both can, you know, really, they could score when you need them to. Obviously, Jimmy Butler's way better. Yeah, say so Jimmy there's Butler, huge, top There's three. a huge gap, but yeah. I think I think Avery Bradley is, it, it could be a, a player for the Bulls that they, they can really build around. Mm-hmm. Or not build around, but like use really it until use. they fill in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing is, I think Jimmy Butler is that main piece. That, is. that you need at, to, when you're rebuilding. You're rebuilding around Jimmy Butler. You make this Jimmy Butler's team. Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. has that personality where he can be the leader of the team. I think calling out the coach, if you're not happy, then say it. You know, be you know, just be a leader. Be a person that is not afraid to say what you want. Because, you know, you when you want a person to be a leader, you want someone who is not afraid to say what, you know, is right, on but do you their necessarily mind. want but, to I mean, come out in a post-game interview where you're frustrated, obviously? I mean, I would I don't know if there's a right place to talk shit about your coach, but I feel like that was just like him blowing off steam. I mean, it's it's okay to be pissed off at your coach because, like I said, they've underperformed. Hoiberg doesn't seem to have the impact that they all expect him to have. And everybody's like, well, maybe we shouldn't have fired Thibs, huh? So do, would you keep Rose and keep uh I, I, I would go with the Hoiberg? route. I, I would have to go with the route. If you're going to keep Hoiberg, you're going to keep Rose. you got to move Jimmy Butler. You're going to lose a lot of talent, yes. But what you can do is rebuild around these new players coming in. I'm not saying Derrick Rose is going to be mm-hmm. the key to this team winning a championship down mm-hmm. the road, but I'm saying he's going to be our best player right now, and we're going to take these new players and mold them into this fantastic new core of the Bulls. I think with in a city like Chicago, you need you know immediate results, and obviously you're not if you're trading away or getting you know you're trading away the whole team and keeping Jimmy you're Butler. You're trading away an else, or, yeah. or you're keeping Jimmy Butler and or you're trading away Jimmy Butler and keeping you're everyone entering, else. Re, you're entering rebuilding mode if you trade Jimmy Butler. That's that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You're you're going it's going to take longer to build this team where Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler can still keep this team in an 8 spot or maybe can yeah. still be fighting in but the East. Do you know how pissed off Chicago is that we're fighting for a spot in the playoffs? With five goddamn all stars on this roster, yeah. But if you if you it's just Jimmy Butler fighting for an, for for a, a playoff position, then people won't be that pissed off. And plus, I think if you trade guys and try to move them out, you build it around Jimmy Butler, who's still developing and is only twenty six years old. Mm-hmm. I think that is the better move for the future. And I think that's the better move just from a, a standpoint of we don't. This have... is going to keep your team competitive, even though it's a like a lower. Side of the competitive side. Now we're looking at free agency to try to fill those gaps, and we've done that before. We've tried going with the okay, we're right on the tip of this. How about we actually draft well too? We haven't drafted like Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis wasn't a huge as big of a miss that I thought he would be. No, he was. Bobby did great. Name some of the drafts that we've like hit it big. The Bulls haven't been a Jimmy Butler in 2011 in the draft often. Often, uh, Doug McDermott's been a pretty good pick. Doug McDermott has shown he's that still he still growing. Yeah, he's I mean, still the question growing. was under Thibodeau, he didn't mm-hmm. have enough playing time, so. and, and he's shown that like against the Raptors, he can beat them. And I'm just there with me. I just feel like the best route is you keep Jimmy and you say, you know what, this is your team. And the sad thing, and Dave has mentioned this on the other side, the sad thing with the Bulls, if you choose to say Jimmy, 
This is your team. You don't really have anyone else. You're, that you're can trade. Part ways. So you're gonna eat you're gonna eat eat it and move on from Noah. You're gonna sadly eat it and move on from Rose next year. The only one that I can think of that may have any little bit of trade value would be Taj. Yeah. But, but that's, we we floated you Taj on so much, he's no one no one's gonna give us value for Taj. Sign and trade for Powell might be might be Maybe. Valuable, but, that's but the only option we, left, but if we want to do that. But the Paul, way, I don't think it's going to even come back. The way I would rebuild this team is, Jimmy, it's your team, and we're going to rebuild it through the draft. Because let's be honest. But it would no, like, you're going to rebuild through the draft, but we don't even have a fantastic pick. We're, we're fringe lottery right now, Well, we and did, then it's we, one pick. We did do the draft lottery, and the Bulls did get okay. number one pick. <laughs> yeah, okay, we've done it once. So I'll give you that. I but, think, no, 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 think about this. We have no center. We have no power forward. Bobby Portis. Uh, I'm sorry. We have, we have Bobby Portis. And Nicola. Uh, Nicola can be a power forward. All right. All right. Fine. But we're, we're losing Noah. We're losing Gasol. And you we're saying we have to part ways with Derrick Rose. And Taj. And Taj. But if we draft a Tyler Eulis and Tyler Eulis playing under Rose for a year and then can take that starting job, hopefully, in his sophomore year. Versus getting three draft picks and Avery Bradley. To fill in for the one missing spot of Jimmy Butler. It's either three draft picks or two. Two, two Avery, plus Avery. Yeah. Either way, I think I would take that over rebuilding around Butler with nothing next to me versus having Derrick Rose, who is still, he's played really well. I mean, he hasn't been healthy consistently, but he's played really well for us for the second half of this season. So I think using him as that one-man leader, he's for this ownership, he's for this coach. Why not? It's a gamble. I'll drink the Kool Aid. I'm just saying. Final thoughts here. I think it's a gamble with D Rose because of that prior that prior injury history. It's always like every time he drives to the basket and he's going to go and he's going to land. It's like Tyler Eulis, though. That's the thing. Even if we trade, but then you're going to have Eulis and Rose, and you know Eulis is going to be kind of wasted away on the bench anyway. But it, who's going to be your shooting guard? It, it's going to be Bradley, but Bradley is no, Bradley is a no, huge because, dip there. Well, yeah, well, if Bradley, but you can go. Hang on. The Celtics, if they get a top five pick, we get Buddy Heald. If they have a top ten pick, we could get any one. Of, there's like three or four shooting guards out there who are not not top tier, but like they're all in the same range. It's Buddy Heald up top as far as pure scoring, and then everybody else is in a four group. But then we're that. in the same um, situation as a team like, well, okay, I'm not going to say the same situation because they're way worse, but we we're have not a the similar— a similar hole, though, if we trade Jimmy Butler and get all these other players, who's the alpha? It's Derrick Rose still. No, Derrick Rose is gone in my mind. After no, no, 2017, no. he's gone. Who's our main alpha looking forward? One of these picks will be our main alpha or Bobby <sighs> Portis. Okay, That's final it. thoughts. Yes or no to Jimmy Butler being traded? I think this organization needs to move on and trade him. Yes or no? At this point, no, you keep him. I agree. I say no and fire Hoiberg because I think Hoiberg and 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 this okay, management you can't, is you can't do you can't no no fu- you have to do that because I, you can't keep Jimmy Butler I, I, and Hoiberg I, together. What has Hoiberg done? Hoiberg's made this team. It's worse. been one year. I don't and care. Is it really I, Hoiberg's I fault or is it Garpax's fault? I think it's Garpax's fault, yeah. but I also think it's Hoiberg's fault as well. But they've done the same shit that happened in Cleveland, where now they're running plays out of Thibodeau's playbook. They're they're going back because guess what? Jimmy can't run plays out of Hoiberg's playbook. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. So they're taking their old coach's playbook because he doesn't respect the new coach enough. I think I think it's just I, I think you need to get rid of Hoiberg. And we I, I talked about this earlier. I think I think I don't think Hoiberg's that that good of a coach. I mean, you you, you need to see something where you're there's like, been very little impact from him. Yeah, I agree. It, but it if just management's seems like, gonna stick with him, then they need to get rid of they need to get rid of Butler. I think you need to get rid of one or the other. I agree yeah. with Dave there, but I agree with Ricky that Butler needs to stay. Final thoughts. These these players are most likely they're going to be on the Lakers or they're not going to be on the Lakers because one of them's going to want to leave or one of them's going to be forced out. D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young with the whole drama of D'Angelo Russell recording Nick Young uh, when Nick Young is admitting to an infidelity against his fiance Iggy Azalea. Uh, we are now more focusing on the not the TMZ part, but more of how is this going to affect uh, D'Angelo Russell? Is it going to really hurt his progression because? Our team's going to want him. Our player's going to be able to get along with him. I mean, obviously, he's a fantastic player, but, I mean, is he going to be able to, you know, play? Because Byron Scott is holding him on the bench because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't trust. The team doesn't want to play with him. Yeah, the team doesn't want to play with him. He doesn't trust D'Angelo Russell because he's too immature. Do you think that 
you know, this can hurt D'Angelo Russell. And do you think that Swaggy P or Nick Young will, I mean, it's Nick Young isn't really an impact player. Let's be honest, too. I mean, when you say D'Angelo Russell immature, has Swaggy P been the most immature of individuals as well? No, we're not saying that, but at least the team is getting along with him. That's what I'm really more saying. It's pretty bad when last season your best player who's now on his just retirement tour is just shaking his head on talk shows because you guys are celebrating after losses. Were you going to say deathbed? No. Kobe died. Kobe no, Ryan's no. deathbed. His retirement tour. <laughs> I thought you were going to okay. go deathbed. It, it kind of seems like a Kobe. De- it's getting foreshadowed now by this towards the end of it. But Look, to Kobe me, Kobe even came out and spoke about it too. You know, he said he's like, give him a break. Look, mm-hmm. people he's do young, stuff, and I yeah. mean. We've feel, all done things like this. And coming from Kobe, who has had some interesting situations mm-hmm. in his past at a young age, I think it means a lot to not only him, but the Lakers organization. But that, was, thinking, that was number eight, not number 24. Right, right. He's yeah. thinking about the organization as a whole mm-hmm. and going, Swaggy P isn't exactly our future. No. D'Angelo Russell mm-hmm. is. So you need to make sure that he and the rest of his team close that mm-hmm. gap. And to me, maybe this is a little bit of, see, when I first heard about this, I didn't exactly know i knew which side i picked but i didn't know exactly how it was going to feel 110 percent because d'angelo russell recording a teammate when he's not knowing yet kind of a scumbag thing to do however how is every other thing i've heard of except for maybe like two other news sources has harped on oh d'angelo russell can't be trusted and players are this and that when it's like Dude, Swaggy P just said he cheated on his wife. It doesn't sound like it's the first time. No, it doesn't. See, I mean, I don't, I don't really care for who's, I think who, it's, who's it's right. It's a breach of the locker room yeah, I, trust, I, and that's huge because, like, think about this in in baseball culture. It's so steeped in like that mythos that like the it's always the team. Rules. Yeah, yeah, it's always the team first, and like a guy who comes out and breaks that silence, mm-hmm. that, that's sacrilege. In yeah. football, he would have got his ass punched out. No, and we've I mean, seen shit like we, this for less. And let's, I there was an ESPN article that they asked like Marcellus Wiley and Jeff Saturday, and both of them said D'Angelo Russell would have got punched. Yeah, if no, he that's did this. absolutely correct. But to me, more and one side of it, I sit there and my first thought was everyone in that locker room who's like, we can't trust D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to say again. Maybe recording your teammate when they're not knowing is a scumbag thing. But this whole situation, I'm sitting there going, so Drake's song about side pieces at the ESPYs, it's, a lot, it's, it's true. Well, I, uh, first off, I don't care what Drake's singing. And second of all, I, I don't think it's just this D'Angelo Russell thing. Because Byron Scott's been saying that the reason he hasn't been playing is because he's immature. I don't think mm-hmm. it's just this. I think this is just adding on to it. Really, it's just I was saying that you know with this this high pick, and if the Lakers get this you know get a top three pick and it stays their pick, and they're able to draft someone like a Brandon Ingram or a Ben Simmons, that will make this team a championship contender later on. Later on, because they have Randall, they'll have Simmons or Ingram, they'll have Clarkson, they'll have Russell. That team is could be you know completely dominant, and they mm-hmm. could be dominating Absolutely. the West, where you know you see an aging Spurs, and then they're basically going up against the Warriors. So it's really, you know, I, I was thinking that this team could really go on, but now Russell was that key piece. Russell was going to be this, you know, the person that complimented Simmons. I or still Ingram. think he and is now a key I, piece. But now I don't know if Russell can. You know, obviously there's this this, this drama about can Russell get along with these Let's teammates. Well, here's, here's so e- will Russell even easy, be on the Lakers? It's no. easy to have this drama when your team sucks as bad as the Lakers. I, I think it's a total concession right now that he's not playing because look, it's the end of a shit year, mm-hmm. and at this point, it's going to do more harm than good to force him to play with his team. Give him the off season, spend some time with the, with his teammates. Bring that, you know, camaraderie back. You're not going to have Byron Sky as your coach next year. You know that. The tank <laughs> commander is not coming back. He did his job. He got them a top draft pick, hopefully, and unless it gets taken out of that top three. Then mm-hmm. that's scary. But, no, he did his job. Swaggy P can play. The Lakers can roll out the their last couple games of the season with limited minutes from Russell. And, yeah, it's going to suck for him, but he's got to suck it up and know, I, I crossed the line. I shouldn't have done that, and I broke their trust. Give him the offseason, like I said. He'll come back. They'll be fine. And this team, you're right. They can do some serious damage in the next four years. And part of me, the way I see it a little bit is at this point, Kobe is like that. The way maybe it's because of uh, every like situation I have. He's like that teacher that's like, oh, I'm retiring at the end of the year. Where usually in the past, maybe Kobe would be like slapping these guys upside the head and be like, dude, get in line. Whereas now Kobe's like, 
eh, fuck it, whatever, I'm done. I don't care. No, I, I think it's the opposite. I don't think Kobe doesn't care. I think he's trying to show a more mature mm-hmm. side of himself because previous Kobe, you're right, he would have been like, seriously, what the fuck are you doing? We're trying to win basketball yeah. games here. It's about the team, not you. And in this case, he's trying to be, okay, look, we've all made mistakes. We can all grow from them. What we need to do right now is focus on this organization. I as just a whole. don't think Laker fans should push the panic button, the trade D'Angelo Russell panic button. Oh my button. god, no. Yeah, I think it's I think it's more of a different role for Kobe. I think it's not he's not the leader on the court anymore. He's more of the locker room leader. He's that veteran leader that you want. He's yeah. an assistant coach. Basically, because you know, it's always been like Derek Fisher was the oldest guy, or you know, you mm-hmm. even looking at the early ones, you had Gary Gary Payton, Carl Malone for that season. You know, it, it wasn't really that Kobe Bryant was the moral and Lamar Odom in the meantime. Yeah. yeah, moral leader or moral compass. So weird to say Kobe Bryant's that. <laughs> moral compass. <laughs> but he's become that. Yeah. Weirdly enough, he's he's become that, and I think that's what it's more. I don't think mm-hmm. he really. I, I I agree with Dave. Where I don't think he really doesn't. He doesn't care about the about the Lakers. He does care about the Lakers, and he does care about this team. But he's just got to be more relaxed. He's got to be more mature about it. I just it it it, it disheartens me seeing that D'Angelo Russell might. Be in trouble. His growth is stinted by this. Exactly. Yeah. And and if it doesn't get over that hump, then maybe you do have to hit put the panic, push the panic button, and trade him because if he can't get along with his teammates, that doesn't mean success is going to happen. I mean, look at look at Cleveland. We've been talking about can this team get along together, exactly. and they haven't. Yeah. And we, I mean, it's been two mm-hmm. years, and that's just because you know they're all different players. This is a legitimate beef between these players that I they would... can't trust this player. Now, this is... Swaggy P may not return to the Lakers next season. And that's just because of his talent. You know, yeah. I, Swaggy P isn't good. I mean, not because he's you know but cheating I mean, on his wife. Swaggy P over D'Angelo Russell? No, no one in the no, right I would. Have, so. And I was just going to say, Whether I they hate would, him or not. Yeah. I would get rid of, or even if it was, who would you trade, Russell or Swaggy P? I'd pick Swaggy P. That's not a discussion. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think everyone I would agrees with you. Keep besides Russell Swaggy P. Because it's one of those things where it's like, he is the guy you can build that franchise around. The question is, and I, we talked about it in the mock draft, then it becomes, if they get the one or the two, do you give them the uh, guy who went to the same high school as him and Ben Simmons? Or do you go with a Brandon Ingram? Either or, it's going to help the Lakers. Yeah, I think if you I think if you get the one, you go you go you go Simmons just because yeah. you. I mean, the maybe, maybe he'll have a friend. The Monteverdi yeah, Academy connection. There you go. Yeah. Anyways, final thoughts on on D'Angelo Russell and Swaggy P. I think I think D'Angelo Russell could be hurt, but it's it's more next season to tell mm-hmm. where that's yeah. going. But he's nineteen. He's got a lot of room to grow in, in both on the court and off yeah. the court. Lakers, but will he get that time to grow? I uh, hope on so. the court, at least. Yeah, well, I think I, I honestly like off Dave, the court. Like Dave said, Byron Scott's not going to be there next year. So, of course, D'Angelo Russell is going to have that kind of time to grow. The last thing I would say is, Laker fans, don't hit the fucking panic button. Just chill. Be cool. Your season's already been over. Yeah, be cool. <laughs> why, why are you getting so frustrated <laughs> let, right let, now? Let the Clippers have the limelight. Be cool. Be cool, man. Not like they're going to win a championship. Yeah, I know, no. right? Now what? Uh, that's going to wrap it up today for the Fast Break Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. If you're listening on SoundCloud, hit that red little like button and repost this to all your friends. We love the support that you guys give us. Also, if you're listening on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe. We are getting closer and closer to 1,000 subscribers. Thank you so much for uh, helping us getting close to that milestone, but we're not at it yet. So all your support is much needed. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod. Follow me at Twitter at Schwarble. Follow Ricky at Twitter at Ricky Widmer. And follow Dave at Dave underscore don't underscore tweet because Dave don't tweet. And uh, also like us on Facebook and uh, share this video if you get the chance. We really love the support and we uh, really love where this has grown. And we've seen our SoundCloud numbers jump up. Even our WNBA mm-hmm. video got like 75 listens mm-hmm. at the time of recording 63 this. 63 on YouTube. 63 on YouTube. So it's great seeing this. Uh, these numbers go up even though we, uh, you know, we did one thing of the mm-hmm. NBA, and even though, uh, you know, it, it was it was fun to do. So uh, thank you everyone for the support. We uh, we love it here at the Fast Break Podcast, and that just makes us want to bring us bring you. That, that keeps Dave around, basically, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.